Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I want you to look at the Bible. We're going to talk about God or the crowd. God or the crowd. And we're going to start in John 14, verse 1. John 14, verse 1. Now, this is right after uh, Jesus has just informed the disciples, I'm leaving. Now, that's a big deal. They've been with him for three and a half years. I mean, closely with the Lord. For three and a half years, he has rocked their world. He has changed their lives. They've been impacted and influenced by his, his presence and watching him on this earth. What an awesome, awesome place to be. And now the Lord says, hey guys, I'm leaving. I'm going to go. And this is where Peter, you know, gets all bold and, 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 and you're, I mean, really, really bold and says, no, no, this ain't happening. And just to let you know, uh, I, I ain't leaving. I'm, I'm going to be with you all the way. Wherever you're going, I'm going. And then Jesus had to explain to him something. He said, listen, Peter, this is powerful. You're going to deny me not just once, three times, three times in this period of time, this little day before a rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Now, can you imagine the disciples are standing around there hearing all this? And, And I'm going to tell you, this is why it's so important to see what the word of God is saying specifically for us today. Listen, the Bible's relevant. Here at Love Life, we believe in this. Religion, no bueno. It's not good. This is about life, relationship. Not about religion. It's about life, relationship. And we believe that it's not about Sunday. It's about Monday. Though it works on Sunday, but it's about Monday. It is about life. It's about life. Never forget this. This whole thing is about life. Our lives. Just a side note, you're here during this time. That means you were seen by God to be here right now. You have an important place right now. God placed you in such a time as this. It's time to rise up. It's time to start putting on your big boy pants, your big girl pants. It's time to recognize that this is a battle. And believe me, we are at war. We are at war. We're at a war against hope. We're at a war where fear is rising its ugly head and saying, I want to control. And we need to be rising up with our faith and saying, you're not in control. And there will be no fear here. No fear here. Parents, that's what you should be saying to your children. No fear here. Husband and wives, no fear here. If you're single, speak to yourself. No fear here. Speak the word of life over your lives. This is what God wants for you. This is where you rise up and become the powerhouse that God created you to be. You're a world changer. You're a life changer. This is your day for such a time as this. So it's time to rise up. It's time to be seen as a light in this darkness. Amen? Y'all with me on this? This is awesome. I'm really excited for this. Now, he says in John 14, 1, 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, let me, let me, let me say this right now. Jesus is not going to tell you something unless you can do it. He's not going to say this when you can't do it. When it, if it was impossible, he's saying to them, I just told you, disciples, I'm going, I'm leaving. Why is he saying this now? I believe all of a sudden the disciples went, what? What? Wait, what do you mean leaving us? What? And I believe fear started rising up within them. And when Jesus saw them, he saw fear. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, the, the Greek word literally means, this is an interesting word, troubled. It literally means to steer water, to agitate it, and, and mud rises up and it becomes all cloudy. Isn't that interesting? The, the Greek language is awesome. It gives you these pictures that really bring home this word to a place where, I, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's impacting today, right now, because I need to hear this. And he says, when you're hearts are troubled. It's a picture of stirring clear water and the mud starts clouding, cloud, clouding, clouding. That's a new word, by the way. It creates the water to become cloudy, dirty, mucky. So he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And isn't this amazing? He says this, trust also in me. Trust God but also trust me. Now remember, he's telling his disciples, listen, guys, I got to leave. I got to fulfill the father's will, but it's important for me to go. But I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to get all this anxiety and, and, and this, this, this depression start rising up within you. I need you to stand strong. The way you do this, trust God, but also trust me. Trust me. In John 14, 27, he says this. My peace, I live with you. I'm leaving my peace with you. I, I'm not leaving you without something. My peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. My, oh my gosh. My peace. He says, my peace. That, the peace of Jesus. You might be thinking, what, what, what type of peace is that? It's the peace that has the ability to sleep in a massive storm where in the massive storm, in the ship during a massive storm, where everybody in the ship is crying, we're all going to die. Jesus is asleep. I want that peace. I want that peace. That's the peace I want. I want the peace that when everything is rocking, when the world is tipsy-turvy, I mean, when everything just like going, ah, I'm at peace. I'm at rest because I trust him. You can too. Every one of you can do this. You can look to God. You can look to the Father through the words of the, the, this Bible and see him speaking to you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's passionate about you. And he has a plan for your life. We don't quit. We continue. Amen? We don't quit. We continue. He says, 
do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I not give to you as the world gives. Notice that. He's saying there's two different types of peace. There's my peace and the world peace, amen? The world's peace. We're not wanting the world peace. The world peace is on the basis of resources. If I have something, I have peace. If I got 30 rolls of toilet paper, I have peace. That's the world's peace. Are you guys hearing? That's the world's peace. But God's peace is the one that passes all understanding. And that's what we need because there's going to be a lot of times in life, in this Christian life, in this walk we live, being a follower of Jesus, there's a lot of times where we're going to sit there and go, I don't have any answers. I'm I'm out. I, I don't get it. But we can trust in the peace of God that carries us through. Trust him. Trust God and his word. God or the crowd. Because we've seen examples of the crowd. We, we see how the crowd influences. And it influences through fear. It influences through selfishness. And those are the hoarders. Those are the people who are buying, you know, 60 toilet papers. And then everybody else doesn't have any. That, that's just crazy right there. And that's what takes place because of the crowd. And there's another type, ignorance. Ignorance because of a crowd. Let me tell you a story. In high school, this is my, between junior and senior year, we play summer baseball. And I had a friend that uh, his dad owned a trucking company that worked in the fields in the west side of this, the, the Phoenix Valley. And what he, his dad would do is he'd go into the fields where they would pick onions and watermelons and things like that. And his trucking company would go out there and they would, you know, the laborers would be out there and filling the trucks with the different products. And so in the summertime, because I'm a teenager, he would invite me to make some money. And believe me, when you're a teenager, you need the money. And so I would go out there with him and I'd I'd toss onions or watermelons. I'm serious. I was doing that. But, you know, he paid us good, you know, his son and his son's buddy. And so we, you know, we had a good time. It was really exciting. But the first time I did this, we were doing, um, I believe it was onions. So I was by the truck. And so we would go down a line. Just picture this. This is amazing. So the crowd of, of, of all the laborers, we've got like five or six guys down the line. They toss, 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 get to me. And I toss it up to my friend that was on the truck. Wait a minute. I just realized he was on the truck and I was doing the work. All right. Anyway, so the toss is going on. So we're tossing and tossing and tossing. It's a good workout and, and, and it's fun. It's no big deal. But all of a sudden, something happened. All the guys in the line started yelling, Amigra, 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 and started running. So what did I do? I ran with them. And I'm running down the field because Amigra, some monster, or I don't know what it was. I had no idea. All I know is the crowd ran, I ran. All of a sudden, I'm running and I'm thinking, I'm hearing my friend on the truck. He's laughing. And he's going, Mackie. He'd call me Mackie. And he'd go, Mackie, Mackie. And I'm running from the Migra. And you might be going, I'd run too, uh, the Migra. 
the Amigra was a border patrol. <laughs> yes, this big old white guy was running from the border patrol. Why? Because of ignorance. The crowd was running. I thought I had to run too. Oh my gosh, I felt so dumb. I got over it. It doesn't take me to get over dumb. I've been dumb many times. I get over it quickly. I've learned to get over dumb. You need to as well. Because some of you, you've done a little dumb, huh? Come on. I know some of you, you got some mega rolls going on in that house. I've known this stuff. Listen, I've been doing church for 35 years plus. Yes, I started when I was five. But anyway, listen, it's, it's in nature. You get fearful, you get you know, just all kinds of stuff. And we don't have any answers. And so we just, we just start reacting instead of thinking. And that's what I want us to understand something. We, can't, we don't have to run because everybody's running. Stop. Why am I running? I don't even know what a migra is or what it is. So why would I run? I just saw them running. And so I followed the crowd. It is what it is. But then I started realizing, you know, there's a lot of times when we're running with the crowd and we end up places we are not to be. And that's what the Lord doesn't want for our lives. That's why he talks in the scripture in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. He says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How much? All of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He said, put your support on me, not on your understanding. Now think about this. For us to be walking in this power life, in this life that Jesus gave to us, we have to lean on the Lord, not on our views, our opinions. That's what gets us into trouble. And the Lord's saying, listen, I want you to walk in my walk. You've got to trust. The Jesus trusted the Father completely. We need to trust the Father. We need to trust his word. And when we do that, we lean or put support on God. And believe me, whatever you put lean and support on, you follow. If you're going to lean and support on your own thoughts, you're going to go that direction. And that's what he said. He said, don't do that. I don't want you to lean on, put support on your own understanding. God's word translation says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. How awesome is that? Quit trying to figure it all out. I tell our church all the time, listen, grow, grow. You're not going from first grade to high school. You're going first grade to second grade. Grow. Allow the walk to be the walk. Religion tries to get you to accelerate this thing. And it's so so wrong in the natural way of understanding of life. We recognize the process of learning. We recognize the process of growth. We look at our own bodies and we don't go one to 30. We go one to age two to age three. Everything is in the light of growth. So is our spiritual walk. Understand that. 
you'll be less judgmental about yourself and others, right? And that's so important. Let's walk this thing out and grow where you are. That's all you're responsible for. A third grader is not responsible for uh, an eighth grader's knowledge. And God's not holding them to that. Let's allow this walk to be the way it was. Jesus says, I've come to set you free. Not I come to put bondage on you. I've come to put rules and regulations on you. No, no, no. He said, I've come to set you free. I'm going to set you free. And my word and applying that word will do just that. It will do that. So let's receive it. Let's experience the freedom that Jesus came to give us. Is that awesome? He not only came and gave us life and life more abundantly, he not only came to set us free from the works of darkness, he came to give us eternity, eternal life, relationship with the Father. This is a big thing. Salvation's awesome. And that's what I have. That's what we have. And if you don't have it yet, you will. You will, because I don't believe you're here by accident. But let's get on, on to this scripture. Let's continue on this. This is great. He said, Trust in the Lord with all of your, not some of it, all of it. Don't lean to your own understanding. Remember what your understanding is. Always think about this stuff. Your understanding is what? Your past. That's all it is. You've created understanding through how you were brought up. We talk a lot about being brought up here. We talk about all about the, how we are raised. And man, I'm telling you, it wasn't, this wasn't good. Now, I'm not talking about my parents had bad hearts or evil hearts, but they only did what they knew to do. And it wasn't that great. It wasn't that good. But that's my past understanding. I'm a new creation now. That's been passed away. My life's new, but now it needs new input for the new life. The new life doesn't work with the old way. That's what causes confusion. It causes all kinds of ugly in life because of it. And I believe that's what builds and strengthens religion. But when we walk this free life and we start receiving the news, the good news, things start changing. Hey, it can happen quickly or it's going to be a process of time. Either way is good. Do you hear? Either way is good. So let's allow this thing to continue on with us. Quit trying to figure everything out. Trust God. Trust God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus says this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Aren't we good at that? He says, don't worry about tomorrow. That's what I love about the Bible. This stuff's relevant. It's important for me today because he's talking to them thousands of years ago. And it's like he's speaking it right to my face, speaking it right to my ear. He said, Daniel, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to have its cares. Believe me, every day is filled with cares. Some minor, some major. But as long as you're on this earth, there's going to be something that's going to come against you. Like I said, it could be minor or it could be major. But there's, we, we, we are in a constant battle. It's warfare. It's how we see this. It's how we understand it that gives us the ability to have victory in this walk, this life. It's how we're seeing this life. And so many people have been robbed from this freedom because of religion. 
because of the opinions of people. They get robbed because they empower other people to control their lives. We're free. We've been set free. And Jesus did not go to that cross so that we could become slave to someone else. Are you guys hearing me? Come on, listen to this. This is life-giving words. It's not my words, it's his words. Don't fear about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own issues. Each day has challenges. Today, I'm living right now. So I deal with today. I'm not gonna concern myself about tomorrow. My provider is Jesus. He meets my needs. He'll meet yours too. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Listen, this is the good God. Listen to this Matthew 6, 34, the same one I've been reading, but in the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God's going to help you. He cares for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. And don't worry today. What is worry going to do? It will not produce anything good in your life. That's a medical science fact. Worry, fear, anxiety, that affects health. And this is a time to be healthy. Um, hear me, hear me. A time to be healthy. We need to build up this immune system. It starts here first. And then the tacos, right? But it starts here first. Are you guys with me? All right. Don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, again, if we worry about it, it's going to affect us in dealing with tomorrow. It'll rob us from our abilities. So let's not do that. Jesus gives us the key to how not to worry in verse 33, okay? The previous verse, he says this, but seek first, seek first, put God first, prioritize God first, seek first the kingdom of God, that is God's way or God's way of doing things. Seek first, prioritize the way God does things. Why? Because that's our dad. He's our dad. He's our father. New family. And in the new family, I receive instruction from my papa. Just like in my old life, I received instruction from my parents. This is my new life. I have a new papa, a new dad. And he says, receive from me, receive from me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things were everything that pertains to life, even toilet paper. All these things, all these things shall be increased to you increase to you. That's God's heart through the mouth of Jesus. Does Jesus lie? Come on. Does Jesus lie? No. And he said, put God first. Seek his ways first. Prioritize them in your life. And by doing this, God has the ability to bring increase in the areas that we need. 
And he will. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. Able in the Greek literally means empowered. I know it's able in English, but the Greek language is where we get the word dynamite from. So it is literally saying there is empowerment when you put on the whole armor of God. Now that makes me interested in something big time. If I'm putting on something that gives me power, I want to know what it is. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles. The wiles of the devil is how the devil operates. The devil is trying to get control of your thoughts. He's trying to get control of how you think. As a man or woman, as a, as a person thinks, so will they be. So the Bible's saying, listen, hear this, hear this, hear this. Be empowered by putting on the whole armor of God. Now, that makes me want to know exactly what that is. I can tell you what it isn't. It isn't getting up every morning pretending you're putting armor on. Now, you might be thinking, now, I, I know most people today, you're like going, of, of course, that's crazy. Listen, I'm telling you, in the 80s, there were a lot of weirdos out there that literally thought, I got to put on all this stuff right now. Look, God, I'm putting on this. I'm putting on that. That is not at all what this is talking about. But I will share with you what it means so that you can have the empowerment that God wanted you to have in the first place. Not to be crazy. Not to be weird. Allow the word to do what it's going to do and give you explosive inner power. He says, when you put on the whole armor of God, you will be able to, empowered to stand against the attacks of the enemy, the way the enemy works. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. He's saying, listen, there's a lot of bad guys out there. There's a lot of bad things out there. There's a lot of bad spirits out there. And they don't like you. Whatever. I'm a child of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus already won this fight and I'm in his corner. So he popped the devil down and we now are walking in victory. So I'm not walking in fear. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. But I do know the enemy's trying to deceive me. He's trying to, you know, like he did with Eve, you know, hey, does God really? Hey, does God want to come on now? Eve, do you know, does God this, God that? And, and, and he's trying to feel where Eve is at. And what did Eve show him? That she was open to suggestion. Listen, close this thing up to the enemy. I'm not open for his suggestions. I'm not open to the opinions of fear. I'm not open for anxiety. The store is closed. Only faith is working in here. 
Only love is working in here. Only grace is working in here. Come on. This is what I'm living in, not what the devil has to offer. Praise God. He says this. Therefore, verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able, same word, empowered to withstand. Empowered to resist, stand against. And that's a military term. Paul's not messing around. He's saying, listen, this is wartime. And that's why he said, put on the armor. Armor is military outfits. We are in battle right now. And it isn't just because of coronavirus. We're in battle, period. Take away this thing, we're still in a battle. Understand this, child of God, it's a battle. And the battleground, win or loss, is up to you. You're gonna make a choice. Are you gonna win or are you gonna lose? The victory's ours through what Jesus did, but we know how to walk into it. It's our responsibility to take our land. Take what belongs to us, the covenants that God gave us through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're ours right now. Let's walk in those things. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. This is an evil day. Sickness is an evil day. Disease is an evil day. This is an evil day. So we're to take up of our armor to what? To be able to stand against the things in the evil day. Come on. In this evil day, we take a stand. But if God be for us, who can be against us? And that's Romans 8.31. If God be for us, who can be against us? Take a stand in this evil day. And he says this, and having done all the stand, stand. You've done all the stand, stand. And the picture of standing is not humped back, just all. We're to stand. Stand in authority. We're to stand upright. We're to stand recognizing that we have a reason to stand. He says, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to finish up talking about the first thing that Paul talks about. Our waist girded with truth. Now, he's going to get into the breastplate of righteousness, the, sal the helmet of salvation, the, the, the feet shod with the preparation of peace and different things, of course. But he starts off with the important first, and that is the belt of truth, this being girded about. And this is so important to see because he starts off with something that what we see through history, this was a very important part of the whole armor. It held things together. And that's what God's word does. It holds things together. If your life's unraveling, put that belt on. Get that belt on you. Now, again, I'm not talking about, let's pretend 
I'm talking about how do you put something on what God is asking you to? Well, it's the same in life. You put information in you and you apply the information and that gives you the benefit of what you received. So you can hear things, have information, but if you don't apply it, it doesn't benefit you. And what this is talking about is benefit, empowerment. So how do I bring this middle section together? How do I bring this into empowerment? By learning truth, understanding truth. And by that truth, I start applying it. And when I start applying it, it's like I put a belt on and I start latching it together. Start getting it on there tight. It's not loose. I'm ready for battle now. My, my, I don't have my, my pants all hanging down. And, 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 and I'm walking around trying to hold them up as I'm trying to be cool. And like, okay, you know, look at me. But I got to hold them up so they don't fall down. No, that ain't how it's happening. I got a belt on right now. My pants aren't falling. They're on tight. Not skinny. Don't do the skinny. I'm not a worship leader. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm just playing. Just playing. All right, let's continue on. He says, the truth, that belt has to be on us. Now look at Ephesians chapter 6 again. I want you to look at um, the word gird. Be girded up. Have girded your waist with truth. This word is auspus. It literally means your emotions and decisions. Your emotions and decisions. Now think about the first thing he says about putting on the armor of God. He says this, I need you to put this truth on you. Gird truth. Gird is the area of emotions. In a war, the attack first comes to the mind. First thing, before anything else, the mind. Nobody has war first. It's mind first, then battle. Mind first, then battle. And that's what we're in. We're in a battle, but we got to understand, mind first. We, we don't want our mind all over the place. The mind has to be girded, girded up. Are you guys hearing me? We can't allow our emotions to unwind or to be free, run wild. First Peter 1.13 says this. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. It's like this unraveling going on when our emotions are going crazy and we got double-mindedness going. We're just like all over the place. And God's saying, listen, I need your life in line with mine. You've got to take control. Bring those thoughts in. Bring this stuff back to a place where you're in control. And he says, I need you to gird up the loins of your mind. Then he says this, be sober. Be sober. Now, I know a lot of you know what that means. Being sober means the opposite of what? Being drunk. And if any of you out there have ever been drunk, you already know what happens your emotions unravel. P people that are normal, 
People that are just normal people, they start drinking and get drunk. They become abnormal. You get the uncles and the aunts and the brothers and sisters, whoever, the friends, and, and, and they're normal. And then when they start getting drunk, they become abnormal. It's called liquid courage or, or people start crying and singing. Oh, my God. And so, don't you love me? You know, not that I know this stuff. But anyway, the point is, is when people get drunk, they get dumb. They get dumb. And that's what this word is saying. It's saying this, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Don't be drunk, be sober. Have your mind awake, alert. Be sober and rest in your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you understand the grace of Jesus, not the works of religion, when you understand the grace of Jesus and you focus in on the teachings of Jesus, when you allow the word of God to enter in through your mind into your heart, then and only then will you start to be able to gird because that is the truth. That is the key of putting on the belt. That is the key of bringing structure, safety in a time of action. Unloosed, you're able to trip. Tightly together, you're ready for battle. You're ready for battle. Are you guys hearing this? Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. I'm going to read 24 through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. If you hear my word, you follow my word, I will liken that person to someone that builds their life on a strong foundation. Now listen to this, because this is so, so vital, so very important for everyday life. Remember what I said, each day has cares, each day has problems. Jesus said, listen, this is what's going to happen. I got attacked, you'll get attacked. You're going to have the different opportunities to fold or to stand strong. Every day, not just because of this virus, every day in life, in your workplace, in your family, in your marriage, raising children. Oh my gosh, I got two miracle boys. And there are many times, many times that there's challenges going on. But you know what? We're going to win each challenge. We're going to have victory in each challenge because it is what life's about. Winning, getting through the battles. It's, what the, it's the success that Jesus desires for each one of us to have hold of. That's why he proclaims us more than conquerors so that we understand it's not about can we do it? It's about it's a done deal. We just got to persevere, keep pressing in, keep pressing in. He says this, the person that builds their house on the rock, notice this, the rains are going to come. The floods are going to rise. The wind's going to blow and beat on that house. Rain, floods, wind, rain, floods, wind, all over your life. From the top, from the sides, from the bottom. 
Those are the challenges of life. Those are the pressures of life. But he said, if your life, your house is built on a foundation, look at this. If your life or house is built or founded on that rock, you will not fall. You're not going to be falling. You're not going to fail. You'll experience the rain. I'm getting wet. You'll experience a flood. I'm soaking. You'll experience the wind. I can feel the wind. God isn't delivering and saying, I'm just going to protect you from that. You won't feel nothing. That's not what he says. He says, all this will come, but guess what? You're standing. You're standing. You're standing. You're standing. That's right. You. you yes, you. You're standing. And we're feeling it right now, aren't we? We're feeling it, but I'm standing. Why? My life is founded on the word of God. I trust him. I trust him. He says, but everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them, I will liken them to, this is what I'll show you. I will liken them to someone that builds their house on sand. You ever built a sandcastle by the ocean and the beach and the water's coming in? It doesn't last. No matter what, it's going to start crumbling because that's what sand does. It cannot hold anything strong. It's going to sink. You're going to sink. And he says, when you build on sand, you're going to crumble. You're going to fall. You build on a rock, you're standing. That's his promise. That's a promise of God. I'm, I'm sticking to this. I'm going to let the word of God receive it, apply it. Didn't say be perfect in it. I'm going to apply it. And as I apply this word, I'm secure. So I'm going to feel this you know what? I'm still standing. And so can you. So can you. He goes on to say, and when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I find this very interesting that he said, and not as the scribes. And if you read the scriptures, you'll see the scribes. The scribes were the religious teachers. They were teaching what were they teaching? Religion. They weren't teaching anything good because Jesus called them out. He called them out. He said, hey, you're of your father, the devil. He said, you live in deception. There's a time where he says in his word, he says that you'll go win one convert. You'll go across the world to win convert. And then you'll twist him up and make him as evil as you are. Is that crazy? That's what religion does. Life God's word doesn't work that way. That's why in Jesus's authority, in God's authority, we have hope. We have purpose. We have freedom. We're not bound by religious rules and regulations. We are bound by grace. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. So we want God influencing us, not the crowd, right? You don't be running with the Amigra. You want to what? You want to follow God. Amen. Let me give you four points right now. God first, prioritize Jesus and his word. God first, prioritize Jesus and his word. Number two, recognize evil, the enemy. We recognize there is an enemy out there. That enemy could be the devil. The enemy could be evil opinions of governments or society. Evil could be people we know that are trying to influence us away from Good. There's all kinds of different types of evil out there. 
But we have to do what? Recognize that it's out there. It is out there. Number three, receive the truth. Why? Because it's for you. This Bible was written for you. Number four, use the truth. Why? It's for you. The Bible was written for you. My life quickly changed for the better. And I had the greatest impact when this word became real to me in a personal way. And what I did is I started receiving this as letters to me specifically. I would speak as if God was speaking to me. If he was saying to the Corinthian church, I would say to Daniel. If he said to the church of Ephesus, I would say to Daniel. And there are many times I didn't want to put Daniel there. But you know what? I had to do it. Why? Because God is trying to work in my life. I take it personal. I put myself in stories. I mean, it's just something when this stuff comes alive in your heart, when it comes alive, every day is a new day. It's a fresh day. I'm more excited about the Lord, more impassioned about him, more on fire for him than I ever have been. And I've been doing this for over 35 years. You can't play that game. You can't fake it that long. That's impossible. I don't care who it is that you talk to that has been in this church, here or not here, they can tell you that's the truth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no, I'm not God, but I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm excited about this because this is an exciting thing to be excited about. And that's what I hope with all my heart that you get a hold of and that your life becomes turned around and transformed because this is a living word from a living God that loves you greatly. Loves you big time, big time. First Peter 1.13 says this, therefore gird up the, oh, excuse me, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon grace that is be brought through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember, you have to gird up the loins of your mind. You cannot allow them to go crazy. Your emotions have to be pulled in tight. Do not allow truths to flutter out. Bring the truths of God's word. They become unfolding when we start fearing. They become unraveled when we start becoming motivated by our emotions. We start losing control of life when we open the door to a lot of negative communication and we start allowing anybody to speak into our lives that should not be speaking to our lives. We have to control our lives by not allowing the unraveling to take place. We have to control our lives. James 1.16, every good my dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. Every good and present and every perfect gift comes from above. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. Every good, present, and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father who made the sun, the moon, the stars. The Father doesn't change like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. 
God decided to give us life through the word of truth to make us his most important creatures. Every good and perfect gift, not sickness and disease. That is not from God. That is not from God. It kill, steal, and destroys. That's already been defined in scripture in John 10, 10. The enemy comes. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you guys hearing? It is already proven that when a disease, when a virus enters your body, it steal, kill, and destroys. That is not God. Don't listen to the weirdos out there. I don't care if they have a church or not. Don't pay attention to those foolish, foolish ideas. This is not from God. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? God's out bringing a virus so he can kill the elderly and little children? These are ignorant, ignorant people. And you ought, to, you ought not to be listening to this foolish stuff. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. I'm telling you, this is the reality of life. Not religion, not someone's opinion. God's word, that's your foundation. That's your rock. And Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word. He is the truth. And that's the truth we've got to be founded on. Not weird doctrines. Those are not from God. Don't you dare blame God for any of this. This is not from him. It's from the enemy. If you go to a church that talks that way, get out of that church. You need to know that God is a loving God, a good God. He didn't send Jesus to do all this so he could then beat us, destroy us, kill us. Are you kidding me? He said he greatly loves you. Greatly. Not kind of. He greatly loved us. And that's why he sent Jesus to prove that great love. God is a life giver, not a life taker. And he loves you. And if you really, really, truly look at the people that talk that way, try to make this evil stuff out from God, I'm going to tell you right now what they will do. They get any type of stuff on them. They get any disease on them. They aren't going to sit there and calmly say, well, it's God's judgment. They're going to run and try to get healed. They're going to run to the doctor. They're going to run. They're going to take med. They're going to do everything they can to do what? To stop something that they're proclaiming is from God. If it's from God, why would you do that? Exactly. They don't walk the talk. They don't know grace. They don't understand God's love. I'm a dad. I would never try to train my children and thinking, you know, I really could have them grow up if I could just give them a disease. If I could just make them sick. That is not how you mature. That's not how you grow someone up. Please. I mean, even common sense. I don't need a spiritual insight. Common sense won't even line up to what some of these people are saying. Don't receive that stuff. It's just creating more confusion and opening the doors to ugly. And you don't deserve any of that. You know what you deserve? You deserve exactly what the Father said you deserve. God so loved you.
that he gave Jesus to die for you. Are you hearing me? What do you deserve? The cross, the resurrection, the life and life more abundantly. That's what you deserve. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else says. I got his words on it. This is his truth. This is what he said. He loves you greatly. Don't fear. Don't worry. Trust him. Trust him. This is your day for deliverance. Trust him. We don't follow the crowd. We follow God. Number one, God first. Number two, recognize evil. Number three, receive the truth. Number four, use the truth. This is God's word to you. He said, those that hear my words, receive them. By these words, going to be founded on the rock, Jesus, unshakable rock. I'd like you, if you've never done this before, I'd like you to receive love today. This love is not a love that is based upon works, rules, or regulations. It's a love that is based upon who God is. He loves you. No strings attached. You receive him or not, he still loves you. God is love. And his love is reaching out to you this morning. His love is reaching out to you today. You can receive that. And when you receive the love of God, you receive true life. And that's what he wants you to have. The life together with him. Listen, friend. I know what it is to have a hard time dealing with this father's love because truthfully, I had a difficult upbringing in this area. I never seen a father's love. I had a dad. And that dad was a good provider. But when it came down to expression of love, I never saw it. I never heard, I love you, son. I've never felt a hug from my dad. I never saw him cry. I didn't see any of that. Growing up, that was my life. The first time I saw my dad act in those ways is when I led him to Jesus. He received the Lord. He cried. He grabbed me and he said, I love you. And it freaked me out. I'll never forget it. You think I would have been jumping with joy and all excited, but I was experiencing something I've never experienced before. And I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to deal with it. 
I felt so weird that I left the house right away. Now, I've been there. I know what it's like to not know about a father's love. But I'm telling you right now, I've come to know it. And as I walk this journey out, God has shown me his love. And this father, my relationship with him is so, so tight. It's daily. It's all the time. And that's what he wants for you. He wants this relationship with you. It's the father's love reaching out to you right now. Receive him right now. Do this with me. We'll say a prayer together, but honestly, it's your heart connecting to him. That's what it's about. I'm just gonna help you. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I ask you right now, in my belief, to come into my life. I want this love. I want to receive the Father in my life. I want this relationship. And I know that it comes through you because the Father sent you. So Jesus, come into my life. And I receive you. I receive you. And what you bring with receiving you. I receive healing. I receive freedom. I receive forgiveness. I receive them all from you. I believe. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. I am a child of yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't this awesome? Praise God. Hey, listen, if you did this for the very first time, I want to know and share in your happiness. And this is what I will promise you that I won't do. I'm not going to bug you about it. I'm not going to bombard you with a bunch of mail asking for money. But what I am asking you to do is, is you email our office office at lovelifechurch.com. You let them know that you received Jesus. And I'm going to send you a little booklet that I created for those that receive the Lord. And I'm going to send it to you. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm, and you're not going to get any type of fundraising mail. You send us your address. That's all you're going to get from me. We don't do that here. But I want you to get this because I want you to start getting some information that'll transform your life, that'll change you. Thank you for what you've done. Love you. God is good. And let's win and have victory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.